I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of Kinda Cute. I'm your host, Bailey Evan, and let's just get right into it, shall we? So if you know me at all, you know I'm a pop culture hoe, as I like to call myself. And so I thought a good way to discuss pop culture without doing it maybe in the same way that everyone else has already is to do it through the lens of The Cut articles. Now, if you're not familiar with The Cut, I highly suggest you get familiar with it. Um, I actually just finally got my subscription yesterday because I knew I was going to do this podcast, but I don't know why I didn't do it sooner because I was constantly running out of my free articles and it, it's just it has some quality stuff and sometimes the headlines, like they just speak to me. Like I would get those headlines in my email inbox and be like, wow, wow, are they inside my head right now? So let's um, start with an article called, am I on acid or watching the Cats trailer? This one's by Bridget Reed. So this was exactly the same reaction I had while watching the Cats trailer. And if you haven't seen it yet, I highly suggest you pause this podcast, go on YouTube, look it up and give it a view because It truly is something that I cannot put into words, the insanity of it. It it really is the stuff of nightmares. That's kind of like the common refrain that's being said about it, and it's true. Uh, This is coming from the girl who literally would sing Miracle in her bedroom with a brush. Like, that was my go-to song. And there's this store uh, in the mall, in the local mall, and they had this little music box that would play Memory. And oh my God, did I want that music box. I think it was like a $400 music box, but it played memory. Like what more could a five-year-old want? So this is coming from a place of love. I saw it on on the West End uh, when I was like six years old. And I don't think I knew half of what was going on. I didn't really understand the metaphor in it. I was just like, cool, cats, music. So, you know, I had high hopes for this movie, even though... I shouldn't have (laughs) because what they did, they could have used the incredible costumes that the Broadway shows use and amped it up because I'm sure the budget on this film was insane. But instead of that, they use CGI for what appears to be basically the actor's whole entire body, including their face, which creates this sort of hybrid human cat that is more terrifying than a costume could ever be. And I don't know if you guys have heard of this term before, but it's called the uncanny valley, and it's where something is almost humanoid looking to the point where it just looks terrifying because you know it's not human, but it's almost there, and that's the vibe you get from this trailer. That's the only way to describe it, and I just can't, I'm just still having trouble getting my mind around the fact that the directors, the producers thought this was a good direction to go. And, like, did any of them look at the trailer and be like, hmm, maybe we need to rework this a little bit? Because, you know, a couple months ago, the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer came out, and it caused an uproar because they had Sonic with these human-ass teeth, okay? And if you've seen Sonic, he has basically one... He has two eyeballs, but his eyes are all connected across. Like a Cyclops, but with two eyeballs, And they gave him two actual eyes. Uh, They gave him human teeth. Again, that's just not what Sonic looks like. And if you're going to put him in CGI and he's already cartoonish, why are you ruining him like that? And that is exactly what they did with cats. And 
the Sonic backlash was so bad that they were literally like, okay, we're going to go back to the drawing board and come out with a new Sonic design. So I'm just waiting for that to happen with Cats. Like, please, please. I mean, honestly, the only way they could really fix it is if they went back and refilmed the whole thing with them in costumes. But I highly doubt that's going to happen because can you imagine getting all these stars in the same place at the same time? I mean, James Corden, Jason Derulo, Judy Dench, Taylor Swift, like... These are Jennifer Hudson. You know, I, I don't think they're going to want to go back and refilm this whole thing. So, hmm. <laughs> um, some thoughts from the Cut article. Why do they appear to have human fingers? Why? Why? Not even on, on Broadway. If I'm remembering correctly, they have little paws. Oh, and this, this, this line from the Cut really, will, really does resonate with me. This was exactly my thought. I think if I see this movie, I will have a psychotic breakdown, and yet maybe I will see it because Memories is such a dang good song. Can somebody just make sure I get home okay? Like, have truer words ever been spoken? I don't know. Um, so those are my thoughts on the Cats trailer. Please watch it. Please tell me what you think about it because I'm frankly dying to know. Uh, next up is your favorite bag from the 90s is staging a comeback. It was only a matter of time. So this is about the Finney Baguette bag. And I just want to start by saying I am so into this 90s resurgence. I mean, objectively, the 90s was a horrible fashion time. Things were fugly as shit, okay? But I don't know. There's just something about, like, these little, like, bags coming back. The iconic Louis Vuitton multicolored monogram coming back into style. Like, I didn't think I would live to see the day, and I'm just so glad to be alive for it. So I'm super into the Fendi bag at Resurgence and the Dior saddlebag. So into that classic Dior print with the pink and the white when I was in high school. And same with the Fendi bag. Like, fuck, I wanted a Fendi bag. I wanted every bag out there. Like, my bag wish list probably equated to roughly $50,000 as a, as a 10th grader. And, like, why I thought that was reasonable or okay to have that I mean, I guess reach for the stars, you know, dream big. Listen to S Club 7 because you never know. So, yeah, what do you guys think about this resurgence? I mean, I love a little bit of a, a come around in fashion, and it always happens, you know? And as the cut says, it says it's also just a good in-between size for people who have too much stuff to carry for a mini bag but don't want to haul around a tote. And as a mini bag and a tote lover... I'm just, I think this mid-size bag thing is, you know, it's really speaking to me. And, but that being said, I do not want the crossbody to go out of style because is there anything more practical than a crossbody bag? I don't think so. <sighs> okay. So for our last discussion of today, I think we should talk about something a little darker. And by a little darker, I mean fucking upside down, depths of the world, burning in hell, Hades would be disgusted, dark. Um, and that is the whole Jeffrey Epstein drama, which it is something I feel like I can't even begin to get into because the level of disgusting that it is. And, oh, it just, it's like one of those things that viscerally makes my blood boil. But The Cut came out with a very interesting article called The Socialite on Epstein's Arm by Matthew Schneier. And... I I appreciated this sort of uh, angle of the Epstein drama because it focuses on a lady named 
Oh, gosh. Her first name, I have no... Gislaine. G-H-I-S-L-A-I-N-E. Maxwell. So we'll just call her Maxwell. Um, And it talks about how she was kind of Epstein's socialite on his arm, was very in the know. Apparently, she was funny as hell. Super kind of this bougie English lady. I I have this theory that when people have a British accent, a la Lisa Vanderpump, that people automatically just want to know them. You know, if they have that biting English wit and that accent, like, people are drawn in. And I think she probably used that to her benefit. Um, But it blows my mind when people like that, it's like, okay, couldn't you just get by on your charms? No, you had to traffic children? What? Shocking. Um, And, you know, the, the article has a lot of pictures from Gurgi. I apologize. I I wish I could put myself in a chamber and block out all sounds um, because I have a dishwasher running, I have my AC running, and my gurgi dog who never shuts up. I apologize. Um, Hopefully this podcast will really take off and I can get a studio. (laughs) Until then, this is what we're working with. So um, anyways, back to Maxwell. I, you know, there's some quotes in this. It says, I have nothing bad to say about her. Nobody knew any of this creepy sex stuff, said another. No one knew, no one I knew had any idea. Those who knew her in connection with Epstein saw her as nothing more sinister than a social matchmaker. But that's the nefarious part about this all, is that she was a matchmaker in a sense, allegedly. I mean, of course, I not trying to get sued for defamation here. All of this at this point is allegedly when it comes to Maxwell, but it appears that she was matchmaking for (laughs) children and trafficking children. And there's just a lot of similarities in the survivors and victims that have come out from this process. And they pretty much, the ones who met her can cite her. They're like, you know, brunette, short, brown hair. And... You know, I think what this story showed me is that when there's this sort of insane level of the amount of girls, children that Epstein was pulling in, it couldn't have been a singular job. It really turned into the most disgusting pyramid scheme of all time because she would help him lure in these children with offers of money. It was, you know, oh, you just have to give a massage and you'll get 100 or 200 bucks. And then if you go out and you find more girls to give massages, then, you know, you'll get money for any girl you recruit. And just that level of depravity and insanity, I can't fully wrap my head around. And again, I just do think it's interesting that it took someone, I think, who was likable and was charming to be able to lure people in like this. I'm sure it took a level of trust. I'm sure these these girls, children, felt more comfortable with a woman um, than they would if some old, leering guy came at them with this uh, <laughs> business endeavor. Um, I, I don't know. 
I like I said, I, I almost can't even make coherent statements about this because it's just so disgusting. Um, I highly recommend reading this article and then really getting into the Epstein articles. I think the ones by the Miami Herald are fantastic. They're sort of the ones who broke this story and they did an incredible job of fact-finding, uncovering what happened uh, a few years ago with Acosta. And it's, it's the reason Acosta stepped down because this was the shadiest plea deal. One of the shadiest I've heard of. And I mean, these meetings in, 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 in private, one of them happened at the West Palm Marriott where I did my ethical uh, training for being a first year lawyer. Like the irony of that, that this sort of behavior was happening there. So I suggest really delving into those and um, hopefully I have some lighter things to talk about in my next episode. But for now, again, I would love your thoughts on the Cats trailer, Fendi Baguettes, all of this insane, disgusting Epstein shit. Uh, and I would love it if you tune in for my next episode of Kinda Cute. Uh, it's kinda cute because some of these articles are kinda cute and some are kinda not. And in the meantime, please check out my blog at baileyevan.com, B-A-I-L-E-Y-E-V-I-N.com, and my YouTube channel. You can find me at Bailey Evan as well. I would love it if you gave this podcast a review and stay up to date with all my newest podcasts. Thank you. Bye.